Hi, this is Mike Madura and you're listening to the ZFM Sport Podcast. Z. And it's Messi! It is the cleanest of clean finishes from the best on the planet. It's time for the biggest sports stories. Chelsea, the UEFA Champions League winners of 2021. The biggest interviews. That uh, such a great spectacle is ruined by such such thuggish behavior. And all the analysis right here. He's the one player that has the arrogance to think that he can play in any stadium in the world and any pitch in the world in front of any player in the world and take them on. Every weekday, it's my sport, it's your sport. It's ZFM Sport. Let's join the team for the biggest show in the world of sport on ZFM Stereo. My station, your station. It's a wacky Wednesday, Zimbabwe. Good evening. Welcome to it. But we're bringing you really serious stuff and serious news out of the world of a sport. It's your favorite and the biggest sports show on Zimbabwe radio. And of course, it's on the hottest station in the nation. ZFM Stereo, my station, your station. We're going to be with you until the very top of the hour. And today we lead with a special exclusive interview with All Blacks legend Zim. Zan Brook. If you don't know who we are talking about, if you want to think in terms of soccer, this guy is the equivalent of the original Ronaldo or Zinedine Zidane. Before there was Jonah Lomu, before there was Dan Carter or Richie McCall, there was Zin Zan Brook. And we sat down with him and of course he spoke to us about rugby development as well as his time in the Old Blacks jersey. We'll also take you around the world in 60 with updates from Amsterdam, Delaware and Ohio where Emma Raducanu came out on the winning side of a generational clash against tennis icon Serena Williams. All those stories and more this evening. My name is Mike Madonna with me, Barry Menandi and the man behind the desk, Sean Tafirinyika. We should be joined by Alois Bunjira a bit later. In the beautiful game, kickoff is in the Premier League where according to the club, in, according to club insiders, uh, the uh, Glazer family are considering selling a minority stake in Manchester United. In Serie A, uh, Dutch forward Memphis Depay has agreed terms on a contract with uh, Juventus ahead of a move this transfer window. And in La Liga, Barcelona are considering a surprise move for former Tottenham defender Juan Foyth as they look to strengthen their right-back spot. The Home Front Local sports news and analysis. Okay, like Mike said, uh, starting with cricket news, the Zimbabwe cricket team have received a boost uh, to their injury woes as Sean Williams is available for selection for the three-match one-day international series against India, which begins tomorrow at Harare Sports Club. We intimated this on yesterday's show. The all-rounder, who has been away from the squad attending to personal matters, is expected to be named in the 11-man lineup uh, for tomorrow's match. On to Nepal news, Australia-based Joyce, uh, Ta- Joyce Takaidza uh, is expected to join the rest of the Zimbabwe netball team in South Africa for the netball World Cup qualifiers that begin on Saturday. The Gems technical team roped in the experienced goal shooter when they named the final 15 although she was not part of the squad that has been camped. Uh, Zimbabwe netball coach uh, uh, Rupa Fadzum Tsauki has said a few training sessions with Takaidza ahead of their games will be enough to assess her. Uh, we wrap it up with basketball news where Southern Region basketball champion Southern Mavericks are determined to defend their league 
league title and have started preparations for the coming season by playing friendly matches. So far, they have played four matches and won them all. The new season is proposed to start on the 7th of October after the preseason is done. Stay right where you are. Move to the groove of the nation. Hi, this is Zinzan Brook, all black number 883, and you're listening to ZFM Stereo Sports Z. As we said at the top of the show, uh, we have that interview with all blacks legend Zinzan Brook Zinzi. Uh, he was in the country for the Rugby Legends Invitation, an initiative which pays special attention to rugby development. We sat down with the all blacks legend for an exclusive interview where he shared some wonderful insight into the sport and development from the grassroots level. Um, great to have you in Zim. Yep, uh, thank you very much. Your, yeah. first, your first time here? Yeah, first time. Yeah. And how are you finding it? Fantastic, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been, uh, yeah, treated uh, fantastically well, and uh, look, it's a, it's, 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 it's a rush, but yeah. No, nice let, me, let, me, let me say, uh, this, this won't be the last time I'll be here. Oh, fantastic, fantastic. Well, let's get into the, the rugby... Into the <laughs> Into the rugby uh, yeah. Legends Invitational, which is, of course, the yeah. reason why you're here. And um, there's a lot of emphasis, of course, on uh, junior rugby uh, yes. and development. And uh, I think from, from our side, we perhaps want to hear... Uh, as someone who played for the All Blacks, and uh, I think for a lot of people, especially in Africa, New Zealand is the prototype. Yes. Uh, yeah. And uh, that's the pinnacle, that's right up there. Yeah. And uh, how have you guys gone about that in terms of getting numbers into the sport and then refining them from just a, a wee little nipper who's five, six years old yeah. into an All Black? Well, quite, quite simply, quite easily, it's actually creating creating the uh, attraction of, uh, of actually how you play and uh, you know in summary of, uh, of uh, playing for the All Blacks and what the All Blacks have done and, uh, and set the standard for and it's not just the All Blacks because there's, there's two, of, two or three other teams that have uh, that participate in uh, making the uh, rugby, rugby attractable to, to watch and to encourage youngsters to get involved in it because of X, Y and Z and uh, part of that journey uh, that I played in, in the uh, in the mid eighties to the end of uh, just before two thousand, um, it was was a big part of my uh, my, my legacy and what my contribution to, to give back to, to rugby was. But uh, I was like I was the same snotty little nosed kid as a seven, eight year old, nine year old listening. You know, we didn't have a we didn't have a TV, mm-hmm. so we used to get up at two o'clock in the morning and listen to the All Black games or the all the games. On the radio to uh, to uh, to create a picture, create that enthusiasm to uh, that the All Blacks are, are playing, and uh, that was the only team that we uh, that you want to watch. I grew up on a I grew up on a uh, I grew up on a big farm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and right from right from day dot, when my uh, when my dad took me to my first rugby match, uh, I I fell in love with it straight away because it was a little bit of. A little bit of argy bargy, mm-hmm. and, uh, and uh, the physical contact, uh, the physical contact aspect of mm-hmm. rugby was an attraction for me, uh, as I'm the smallest in my family, mm-hmm. and uh, all my brothers used to, yeah, they used to, yeah, they used to beat me, uh, <laughs> and, uh, uh, but I then took it on my, I took it out of my two younger brothers, but then they, they. they they're they got bigger. Adults, yeah, they're, they're a lot bigger than me. Well, you know, the, the one who's internationally uh, renowned is my, my uh, younger brother Robin, who mm. played, you know, he played seventy-four two test matches for the uh, for the All Blacks. But 
yeah, look, look, rugby was a massive part, massive part of uh, my journey uh, being, being here today. Yeah. And uh, my passion for rugby has has, has not wilted at one bit. I, I want to give back. I want to I want to give young kids opportunities that uh, that I didn't get. Yeah. You know, and uh, look, I, I'm not saying that I didn't get them, but I got them later. So if you can actually, if you can, if you can groom your, your kids a little bit later, it's like there's the Zim, the Zimbabwe. Uh, I've only been here for 24 hours. You know, there seems to be, you know, you, you get them when they, uh, you get them at the at the school. Yeah. But it's actually holding on to the, the numbers when they're 17, 18, and these guys leave school, and then you lose contact, and all of a sudden here, yeah, these guys go out. They go off to uh, go to South Africa, or they and they're all around the world. Mm. And uh, and then when you want to come into a, a rugby world cup, you want to pick your best team. Yeah. And I've been told in the last 24 hours, actually in Zimbabwe, is that a lot of the top players are not here in Zimbabwe when when it matters for the qualifying matches when they when they play. Yeah. And you know that for me is, is is a big part. That sort of because you, know, you know, if if by rights, if, if Zimbabwe are the, the team and just a, a little bit of focus to, to actually get them to, to, to where they are, I, I'd like I'd like to play a part and try and help them. Yeah, let's let's talk about the the junior players, the yep. guys who are of course in junior school, uh, yep. and the importance of coaching. Uh, because we have a lot of raw talent. Yes. Uh, we may not be as big as, let's say, the South Africans in terms of just our physical stature. Yep. Naturally, you find out that the locals, we, we're small, but we're quick. Yep. We've got certain physical attributes, I think, yes. that uh, we can use on the rugby field. Uh, how important is the coaching process at that age of 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, just learning the basics of rugby, uh, what to do on the rugby field, and so forth? How important is that process? Well, the, the journey of the... Uh, so, the yeah, you, 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 you've, uh, you've raised a, 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 massive, a massive point and quite critical because if you can actually teach... The, youngster, the, the youngsters who want to get involved in here and what you want to see, you see these, these, these other kids that sit on the sidelines that don't participate there because they're a little bit shy, but you just need to, they've got a button and it's, it's about a coach or someone actually just trying to press the, button, press the right button and get them into, the, into that, uh, the, the position for them to actually um, to, to, to participate and actually open up a little bit more and get a bit more freedom. You know what you're what you're seeing when you see in the like in the 80s and 90s. There's always two or three. There's always two or three, four uh, uh, like All Blacks or South Africans or Australians that uh, are, are above the rest, and then you see then you see a, a, a middle tier of, of players that are uh, that are that are okay. What you what you want to do at youth rugby here at Zim is actually making sure that what you when you when you're coming through that journey is actually educating and helping those when they're like from five years of age up to like uh, 15 years of age is actually have uh, of your 15 in, in the squad is actually if you had uh, 10 or 12 players that uh, that are uh, very well equipped as opposed to having just four or five yeah. if you if you're not concentrating on youth rugby so the importance of youth rugby is absolutely critical for the for the journey not only for the journey for those individually, but the journey for where Zimbabwe are going to be participate, whether they're actually going to be uh, be competitive in a, in a rugby world cup, and on the on, on, on the account of what I've just spoken to the, the head man, the head coach uh, Zim uh, last night, um, they they've missed out on uh, so many players that should be 
and uh, sh- they should be here yeah, playing, playing for Zimbabwe. Playing for Seals, yeah. So youth rugby is absolutely critical. So you're, you're, you're bang on. But you know what you don't want to do is four or five players that stand out you know, this age, mm-hmm. and then they get up to like 15, and you only well you might have five players. What you want is eight or nine players. Then when you get up to like when yeah. 16, 17, 18, mm-hmm. you've got 12 players, 15 players. Yeah. You know, and the law of averages of there, if you've got if you've got ten, twelve players that are fantastic that carry the carry the team, you know, you've got a good chance to win the game. You've got a, you've got a team. Well, let's let's talk numbers because uh, yeah. that that's one thing we don't have in Zimbabwe. Uh, so just from a historical well, perspective, 15 million, 15 yeah. million people. We got fifteen million people. New Zealand's got four and a half. Yeah, that's the point I'm driving. So <laughs> we're coming from a historical position where rugby has been an elitist sport uh, played in the best schools and the private schools and the good government schools but hasn't really been played um, in the vast majority of the country yeah. um, how do we go about that in terms of taking the game to the disenfranchised communities and making sure that we start building up our numbers because like you say the law of averages but the law yeah. of averages will work out if you get a bigger playing pool of rugby players well, I think that's a difficult question, given the scenario. What I've been told here is, uh, you know, because it's, you know, this it's 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 hard, and it's 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 go, it's going to be from from the schooling. But the issue that you have there is that you've got uh, as soon as those guys leave school, no one's collecting the data of those those particular. I'm assuming no one's collecting their data of. Let's just say, uh, I'm Zimbabwean. Zinzan Brooks just left school at 17 years of age, mm-hmm. da da da, and uh, no one's tracking him. Yeah, where's he going? Where's he, he going? Doing? What's he doing? What's he doing? And then yeah. all of a sudden, yeah, he's 21. Oh, yeah, we've got a rugby world cup here. Mm-hmm. Oh, where, where are those guys going? That, that's the simple nuts yeah. and bolts of it. And, and that's the journey in New Zealand is is exactly like that. There is that. Uh, it, it doesn't matter whether you're a private school, you're a private school, public school. It, it, you know, you, you are get you are, you do get looked after. You know, because my wife has played for for the all uh, the New Zealand side as an under seventeen year olds, under seventeens, uh, playing Australia, and that's and they they uh, don't worry. And the New Zealand rugby yeah, they they tag every single player that's coming through because you never know because which I always use the example. My brother was the classic example. Mm. He was he was the winger, but he was he was so he was he was scared, mm. and he played seventy four test matches for the All Blacks. Wow! So and but I the transformation from when he was when he was a little wee kid, you know, sitting on the whip when he was five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten year old, and then uh, when he was a when he was a teenager coming to a to a, to an adult, a young adult, uh, he sort of grew up and uh, he gained the confidence. And it was actually Graham Henry that spotted him. Oh. Graham Henry that spotted so him. And a, and a, yeah, yeah. So Graham Henry. Yeah, so Graham. So he, he spotted uh, Robin and uh, took him to uh, took him to uh, the 13 match tour to the UK with the New Zealand schoolboys. And he just blossomed, and he developed, and he got the confidence, and people believed in him here. And when you start talking about these youngsters who don't have the armory of you know, when you tell a youngster, let's just say like a young Zimbabwean kid, if no one's telling you, hey, you're a good player, mm. we believe in you. Mm. What you're doing is you're fulfilling the that, that confidence where no one has done that before. Yeah. I'm, 
I'm just I'm just assuming that there was that, that the potential is, mm. and that's where that's where youngsters. My my brother's the, the, the perfect example. Uh, you know, he he had parents that, that absolutely loved him the bits, mm-hmm. but no one told him he was a decent rugby player. Yeah, and it took it took the system and someone in the system correct uh, to believe to him. actually believe believe in my brother. So. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about your family because you, you come from a rugby family. Yes, uh, your brothers uh, Marty and Robin. Yes, uh, both play for Auckland. Yes, uh, yeah. With you, I yep. mean, uh, you play for Auckland as well. Led, I think, uh, the Blues to uh, two Couple Super Twelve, two Super Twelve uh, uh, titles. Yeah, yeah. Six, yeah, no, six and nine, seven. I, I think uh, Barry and I were in high school back then uh, watching I think uh, some famous battles with uh, the Sharks yeah we had yeah we had, we had look all, there's, there's no easy game in South Africa yeah so uh, we had battles with, with, with all the South African sides and that, that's that's the way I want it yeah and that's the way I guarantee you that you asked the South Africans they said that's the only way you want it you know, they want they want they want to beat you up. We want to beat you up as well. Yeah. So it's reciprocal. So let's yeah, I, I, and it's great and super super rugby and, and, and it was you know long time coming professional rugby mm-hmm. and uh, you know and, and part of my journey was you know it's, it's opening the door up to a hey super twelve rugby wow. How good was that? Those those first no, no, two or three years. Like, they were they were they, that was fantastic rugby. That was it was finally you know the uh, the hierarchy. They got it right. Yeah, absolutely. So, but how, how good were you as well? I mean, uh, as an All Black, uh, 58 caps, 17 yeah. tries as well, yeah. uh, which was unheard of uh, for a guy who was uh, playing in the scrum back then. Uh, you know, 17 tries. I believe it was a record yes. at some yeah. time. Yeah, there uh, was. 17 yeah. tries. Uh, you had, I mean, we started watching rugby, I think, uh, the first televised games here in Zim, 1987 yeah. World Cup, you know, the likes of Grant Fox, ETC, yes. the All Blacks winning the, that particular World Cup. Uh, and then, of course, we got to know the, the guys like David Capizzi in Australia, yes. yourself as yes. well. You know, you were really big here in Zim. And I think what fascinated a lot of people were the fact that you were an eighth man who had the skills of a backline player. Yeah. I mean, your, your your ball handling skills and your kicking skills as well. I mean, yeah. uh, three drop goals, including that 48-yard punt at the 1995. and a half. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> at the 1995 World Cup. I mean, uh, yeah. tell us about that one. Was it your favorite moment uh, in your rugby career or what is your favorite moment in your rugby career? Favorite moment? Yeah, look, yeah, look. It was a, it was a good drop goal. You know, I could have done it with my left foot, but it was in my stride. Uh, you know, I was, uh, I was accomplished. Well, you know, part of my journey, which <laughs> we, we did, uh, I've uh, told, uh, told a few people last night about my journey, and uh, my journey was. Uh, my dad said, that if you want to make it at the big time, you got to, you got to pass. And he told me when I was like about five or six years old, mm. and he told all the boys, he said, look, you got to pass off both hands and kick off both feet. Mm. And like for a five or six year old kid, that, that, that sort of seems strange, especially when you don't, you didn't have a TV, so you're not watching the yeah, rugby. Yeah. We got, we eventually got when I was about 10, 11 years of age, had a t- got the TV, and then uh, started watching the All Black games. And uh, but I still continued. So my, my front lawn was a uh, was uh, about 35 acres, and uh, we used to play rugby golf. Mm. So uh, and it was it was left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot. And then when you get to the the tree, you've got to just touch any greenery. Yeah. You, can't, you can't kick the trunk. Mm. So you've got to touch the green. So you you do a, either a, a drop kick or a, or a uh, just a just a punt. And uh, so I learned the skill sets of then. So I know I know it was a big occasion. It was it wasn't the uh, it wasn't the uh, the final, but it was a semi final. Yeah, right? a semi final. Yeah. So uh, I had the confidence of actually doing that drop the the, the drop ball, and yeah. it was and it was. 
it was actually, it was actually when the ball came along the ground as Will Carling Will Carling was one which is which is rather nice the, the captain Will Carling kicks yeah. the ball to me and the ball bounced uh, beside the sticks it was at that moment I thought oh when it bounced to the little sticks, I did right. I'm gonna drop away. Excellent. And then went in. And yeah, yeah. Will Carling, of course, uh, Captain England, uh, and uh, I think he came up with a list of uh, what he considered to be the greatest players yeah. uh, of all time, and he has you in his top ten. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. Top ten. Yeah. I mean, yeah. now that that's saying something. Yeah, it is. We're, yeah. We're no. talking over a century yeah. uh, of Test rugby. Uh, and I think there are very few people who would argue against uh, Zins and Brook at number eight in any team if it is chosen. And how difficult has it been, always? How difficult is it to compare generations? Because you, you played in that sort of like 1987 to mid yeah, no, to, to, to Yeah, to the end of the, and, uh, and the, the, end of the you, 90s. You've and got then, the yeah. more recent uh, era, of course, where you got your Richie McCaws, you got your Kieran Reed. Yeah, and yeah. The, yeah. How, how would you have done that generation? Uh, I, I would have been. I would have been. I, I would have. I would have done the same. Mm. You know, I probably you know, had more caps because I think they played more rugby now. Well, they played more rugby. You know, yeah. we used to play. It was six or seven test matches, yeah. and uh, you know, you, you know, the, the, gone are the days of, you know, like, you know, classic example, Warren Gatlin. Mm. Warren Gatlin sat on the bench yeah. for fifty-two test matches. I think it's fifty-two. Wow. Quite the, the, get the get the number, but I think he sat on for for a lot of test mm. matches. Mm. You, those days here, you don't come off. Yeah. You, what you don't do, in our mindsets, we were like, don't ever give your opposition. It doesn't matter. He's your teammate. Yeah. He's your teammate, don't but you're not. Chance. Don't give him a chance because he might actually perform. Yeah. And uh, you know, in, the, in twenty or thirty minutes. And that, that was the mentality because it was so competitive. So you went in hard. Went in hard, yeah. You, you, you had to get dragged off out of your, in your black jersey. Mm. And it was the same thing for, for, for the guys. And that's, that's, that was the mentality. And so we didn't, uh, a lot of guys didn't get test matches. Mm. This, yeah, the whole, which I think for health and safety, I think it's much better. The rotational side of things here, you, you know you're going to get a test match, regardless of whether you're on the bench, you know, gone are the days. Gone of those days here, you know, you had, you had six on the bench, and you know, some of those guys never got on. Yeah. And, uh, and you, but yeah, but you, you don't qualify as a test match. But I just think it's much better for health and safety and, and for that aspect. So yeah, um, yeah no, look, I, I enjoyed it. And, yeah, enjoyed the journey, and it's uh, and it's and it's nice me on the other side about giving back and I'm look, really looking forward to today's uh, coaching sessions I, I want to see uh, I want to see young Zim boys and girls to uh, see how the, the skill sets are there yeah, the, uh, the quality absolutely I mean, I mean you, you also had obviously the privilege to play with Jonah Lobo I mean before Jonah Lobo it was you uh, everyone was talking about Zim Zambu uh, and then Jonah was okay Jonah <laughs> Shona <laughs> Lobo storms out of the sea. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, how, how good was he? Because uh, he was just phenomenal. The 95 World Cup. Um, how, how good was Jonah? How does it go? He goes A, uh, M, A, Z, I, N, G. Amazing. Yeah, now he was. Yeah. Just going back to that '95 World Cup. Mm. Remember, he was he was 19 years old. Yeah. In the semi-final, Steam first World Cup. Yeah. And I, 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 I just there, right there, just talking about that there. I just had, uh, I got little yeah. tingles in my thing because I met I met him. He wanted to meet me mm. as a 16-year-old at my club at Marist. 
and uh, I met him. And uh, the guy that it's, I, can't, I don't remember the, the, the individual that actually took him, but I knew him. Mm-hmm. He was associated in, in the rugby. He said, "Oh look, we've got a young uh, boy that's at, at school that would love to meet you." And said, He wanted to meet John Kerwin mm. uh, as well. And uh, so John and I were there. And uh, he said, "Oh yeah, look here, here's Jonah." And I said, "Oh okay." So I turned around like this, and I went, <laughs> and I went "Monster!" Oh my goodness me! Oh, you, my you thought it was little Jonah? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, you, yeah, but a sixteen-year-old, sixteen-year-old, and that's when I first met him. And I went, "I went, wow, yeah. you're at school?" <laughs> yeah, but he had, look, he had, a, he had a baby face, mm. and uh, it was, yeah, that's when I first met him, and. Uh, Look, bless him. Going moving forward to to the Rugby World Cup. Dare I, you know, unfortunately it was it was it was the same game I did my my drop goal. Mm. But those four tries that he ran through, round and over. Yeah. Uh, the Rory exam- Underwoods. Oh, poor Rory. I mean, he's Rory's famous. Yeah, for that. <laughs> Oh my goodness. You're laughing, just me. Yeah, I mean, just... You're laughing more than I am. <laughs> no, I don't like yeah, it. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, but, but it's, look, yeah. Jonah was, he was an amazing guy. And uh, what he what he did, made, you know, the, you know the, 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 that for him? Mm-hmm. He made people watch rugby who didn't. Yes. Uh, that for me is a great legacy for, for, for a guy, for a young guy that went too early. Mm, yeah, you know, true. and true. Uh, bless him, he's yeah, just yeah, it was so so unfortunate. But uh, what he what he did, his contribution to rugby was was fantastic, and totally respect him. Was, yeah, hundred percent. Oh, very uh, emotional end there talking about Jonah Loman. What yeah. a player. But Zinzan Brook, my goodness. You know what, Mike, you in this in this life you 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 have heroes that you even forget mm. sometimes. Mm. And then somebody just drops a name and says that, you know, you're gonna meet this person, you're gonna sit down with this person. And Zinzan Brook completely unexpected. Mate, it's... And, and also I think unexpected was uh, just his general demeanor. Oh, uh, what he, a guy. He, he was just like uh, the next uh, yeah, it was just like uh, I was having a chat with you. I was having a, yeah. a chat with Sean or the next man. Uh, no airs about the man. Uh, no, no arrogance. And uh, we could have been just having a beer uh, with the guy. I mean, uh, said you were having a coffee. Yeah, we're having a coffee. <laughs> uh, but uh, completely open uh, yeah. and very forthright uh, about uh, his own experiences as well as New Zealand. Rugby. Yeah, certainly a wonderful, wonderful guy and a phenomenal, phenomenal rugby player. And he was in the country. Had a sit down with our Mike, my daughter. That was the interview. And uh, listen, there are great outtakes uh, from there and hopefully uh, you picked up some nuggets uh, that can be implemented in rugby in Zimbabwe or I just learned a little bit more about New Zealand rugby. And speaking of New Zealand rugby, quick update is that New Zealand rugby has endorsed Ian Foster Fozzie as the right man to coach the All Blacks through to next year's World Cup, but said he would have more hands-on support from selector and strategist Joe Schmidt. So clearly they've seen that they need a little bit more assistance and uh, they've certainly granted that to Ian Foster. He stays on. Hi, my name's Ryan Kenz, Sunshine Tour professional golfer, and you're listening to ZFM Sport. Around the world in 60 seconds, international sports news. 
we take off in Amsterdam where Max Verstappen has welcomed Mercedes re-emergence at the front uh, so they can steal more points off Ferrari and insist that the championship is not over despite his mammoth lead. Verstappen holds an 80-point advantage over Charles Leclerc after back-to-back victories before the summer break and it would represent the biggest points overhaul in the sport's history if he were to fail to claim the title. In news from Delaware, Tiger Woods and Ricky Fowler headed to the BMW Championship to attend a player meeting regarding the Live Golf Invitational Series and its threat to the PGA Tour. At fir- as first reported by Fire Pit Collective and ESPN late on Monday, Woods was expected to rally support around the PGA Tour among the top players in the world who have not already defected to Live. Many of the top 20 players in the world and other influential PGA Tour members were in attendance with the conference reported to have lasted three and a half hours. We touched down in Ohio where Emma Raducanu came out on the winning side of a generational clash against tennis icon Serena Williams with a 6-4, 6 love win in their first round meeting at the Western and Southern Open in Cincinnati. Teenager Raducanu, who has not won a tournament since capturing last year's title at Flushing Meadows as a 150th ranked qualifier, put in a dominant display against Williams, wrapping up the win in just over an hour. Barry is proving to be a Listen, it's going to be a long goodbye, but it's also proving to be a painful goodbye for Serena Williams fans. A very, very painful one because uh, one would have wanted her to go at least two, three, maybe even four games into the tournaments that are her farewell tour, as it were. Uh, but it's not proving that way because she's out uh, very early in each of the ones she's participated in. Next stop, the US Open. Hi, this is Zinzan Brook, all black number 883, and you're listening to ZFM Stereo Sports Z. Now, being Wacky Wednesday, Mike was able to ask eight shotgun questions to Zinzi, Zinzan Brook, uh, and uh, his answers were sublime, ridiculous, and uh, very entertaining. <laughs> Let's have a listen. Eight quick questions. Yes, these are just, uh, you, you make just choices here. So. Yeah. All right, first one dogs or cats? Dogs. Messi or Ronaldo? Uh, Messi. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Marmite or peanut butter? Marmite. (laughs) Michael Jordan or Tiger Woods? Uh, Both. No. (laughs) (laughs) You can choose one. uh, Michael Jordan or Tiger Woods? Michael Jordan. Drop goal or try? Drop goal. Mercedes Benz or BMW? Uh, Mercedes Benz or BMW? Uh, is there an Audi in here? No. no. Uh, I'll go. Mercedes. And the final one Bon Jovi or Guns N' Roses? Guns N' Roses. Wow, that was quick. Susan <laughs> Brooke. Absolute cheers, legend. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, cheers. Pleasure. Cheers. Thank you. See. Get in touch with the team and have your say your way. Operator.
right, let's go into the messages. You don't let us know who you are or where you are. You say, Hans Kuwama Doda, Ndigati Magone, Sisa interview, Ne legend, Re Rugby. Hans Panoya Vamwe, Ma legend, Mwenda We, Re Neni. Ndudongono Mira, Angu Pasaiti, Mujita Basa, Ndoso Wani Kwa Pango, Bataru Woko, Ne myself. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone wants a pick. Yeah. And, and it's, it's one of those interviews, baby, that just came out of the blues. I yes. Mean, uh, and uh, we had to, of course, uh, just uh, go and see the band. There was no right way away. we were ever going to turn down no an chance. interview with Zinzan. No chance. And uh, listen, courtesy of an old friend, uh, Saki, he was uh, uh, part of the team that was hosting him. Yeah. Uh, he gave us a call and said, guys, Zinzi's in the country. You want to have a sit down? And we were like, uh, um, we're there already. So it was fantastic. Uh, Peter Piri in Bulawayo, good evening to you. You say, hi, guys. That interview with the legendary Zinzan Brook was absolutely wonderful. Pure world-class interview from OZFM. Oh, are you a flatterer? <laughs> ah, it was Mike Padua. <laughs> that's what sets ZFM apart from the rest of the radio stations. ZFM Sport is simply world class. Thank you so much for those sentiments. Jerry Marimo, Mufakose. Hi guys, Aish, I'm different. I go for BMW and John Bon Jovi. <laughs> <laughs> so he doesn't agree with some of the selections yeah, yeah, there yeah. by uh, Zinzan Brook. Yeah, 100%. And uh, one of the ones that surprised me when you asked uh, uh, a try or drop goal and he picked drop goal, I, I was stunned. Because he smashed one in. Because exactly. he smashed one in. I mean, Probably. And, and he's, he's known for that. So, yeah. uh, very interesting, of course. Uh, uh, lots of messages that are coming in. Good evening, guys. Uh, how good was Ronald Gidiza Samanda? What did he achieve in his career, both uh, on club and international level? You missed the golden generation of football in Zimbabwe. Munashe in Shitungwiza. And uh, listen, Ronald Siwanda was really good, but I don't think he was part of the uh, the, the golden the generation. Golden, yeah. The golden generation preceded that. Yeah, it preceded uh, you that. You know, and uh, but he was good. Uh, yeah, you you certainly did miss uh, Ronald Kitiza Sibanda because and and let's let's not be fixated with what did he achieve and blah 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 and accolades and everything, uh, but just from the sheer aesthetics of the game, just watching Munano Gonabora mm. Achiritamba and enjoying it and entertaining you. Gidiza was and, right and, up there. And with he the never best. hit. He always wanted the ball. Always I mean, uh, he, him and Johannes Ngozo. Oh, those guys were just worth the fare into the stadium. Sangsi. Guys, I'm so green with the envy right now. How I could have killed to be a fly on the wall while you had coffee with Zinzan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my friend, it was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, great, great what guy. Uh, great guy. Unfortunately, would love to uh, continue reading your messages, but uh, there are a lot of people waiting right now for some football updates, especially Manchester United fans, because the team right now is in turmoil. But before we get there, Mutulisi out in Bulawayo. He says, Hey guys, Anzi, Kantiko Hambajani, Nekaf, Super League. Help guys, you are our best funders in Zimbabwe. Okay, we'll, we'll try and do a, a show where which we dedicate to, to the CAF Super League. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just to explain uh, what it's all about, wow. how it's come about, how it's come about, how, how the, teams, the teams, exactly. yeah, and all that. Uh, yeah, yeah, because I think uh, uh, just to put it out there. Uh, no Zimbabwean team can what? afford. Okay. <laughs> because you know that big it could be the Your hit mu- music station. My station. Your station. It's everybody's station. Z FM Stereo. The big leagues. The big teams. The big players. The beautiful game on ZFM Sport. 
Well, what we can report on ZFM Sport is that uh, Elon Musk is a very, uh, very, very cruel man. Mm. Uh, he tweeted that he is buying Manchester United. He has no intention of buying Manchester United. Uh, got the United fans into a frenzy. Oh, but they but got anyone into who's been frenzy. following Elon Musk on uh, on social media, on Twitter especially, for any we'll prolonged know. period, will yeah. know that uh, he was just joking. What we can confirm is that according to Club Insider, the Glazer family is considering selling a minority stake in Manchester United. The owners have held some preliminary discussions about the possibility of bringing in a new investor, the insider said, asking not to be identified because the information is confidential. Our football punter Gary Neville believes the problems at Manchester United start with the Glazers. They took 24 million quid out of the club about two months ago. We've got now a decrepit, rotting stadium that is, to be fair, second rate when it was the best stadium in the world 15, 20 years ago. You've got a football project where they haven't got a clue. You've put bankers in charge of the football club, not making football decisions. They've not appointed a sporting director, right? We can look at the players all you like, but there are that many big things that need to be put right first. They've got to show up and basically face the music. Now's the time. The only money that has been spent on players at Manchester United is the money the club has generated or that it's borrowed. It does not come from the family. So let's get this out of our heads that the Glazer family are putting money in every year like Roman Abramovich did, like the Saudi Arabians are doing at Newcastle, like Sheikh Mansour's done at Manchester City. They're hand in the pocket spending on players. They've not done that. They've borrowed and they've used the revenue that the club generates through its incredible fan base and a great commercial operation. That's what's happened. Z. So Gary Neville, they're seething, uh, as as most <laughs> as most uh, former players of Manchester United are. Uh, but Mike, I I don't know how a Manchester United fan would receive this because the Glazers aren't willing to cede control. Even if they drop off, let's say ten percent of the club, they're still in control. So nothing yeah, changes. Yeah, listen, uh, the Man United is a cash cow for the Glazers, uh, and uh, you have to go into the uh, American ownership model. Uh, of franchises there. Uh, there's no promotion, there's no relegation. Uh, these are pride pieces in American sport uh, and of course uh, very lucrative pieces. Uh, take for example uh, an NFL franchise. An NFL franchise just from you being part of the NFL can earn you anything between 260 uh, to 280 million yes. as a stipend that's coming from the league. As a starting uh, point. Yeah, just as a starting point. That's before your commercial revenue uh, from all your endorsements, partnerships and mm. sponsorships. So it's very lucrative to own a franchise. They're looking at Manchester United in pretty much the same model. In American sport, I think only a few owners are hard-pressed to actually deliver yes. results, results on yeah, the yeah. field of play yeah, yeah. or on the court. You have to take a look at your storied franchises, your LA Lakers, yeah. your Boston Celtics. Celtics Why? Yeah. They demand success. Yeah. New England Patriots in oh. the NFL they demand success but the wealthiest franchise actually in the NBA people might not know are the Houston Rockets Rock, yeah, there you go. are they worried about uh, not a uh, winning a championship yeah. they're not worried as long as the corporate dollars carry on flowing in from New York they can't be asked. Look at the last time the Dallas Cowboys won a Super Bowl. They, yeah. Do they care? They don't care. <laughs> they don't as care. long as they make money. So that's the mentality that the Glazers have. So I think if you're a Man United fan, my advice would be to batten down the hatches. Uh, it's got to be a storming few yeah, years ahead. Be because I can't see them selling their cash cow. No, they're not. They're not Gary sell Neville the cash. says it. The yeah. club generates revenue. Yeah. And like very few other clubs I think in terms of revenue only Real Madrid and Barcelona yeah. generate more revenue than Manchester, Manchester United. United they yeah. used to be first actually yes, yeah. but in recent years they've been overtaken uh, and so as long as the club is making money these guys are like you know what uh, if they ain't broke 
Don't fix it. Uh, unfortunately, it's going to take a bit of time before they start to feel the pinch of non-performance on the field affecting the business side of Manchester United. For now, Manchester United is still making money. They need a money, few players so, yeah. uh, through the door, Barry. Yeah, yeah, 100%. A few players uh, through the door. And uh, in truth, they're attempting to persuade Chelsea to let them take Christian Pulisic now oh. is the latest one. I might just hear the been groans from the Man United. Even I'm groaning. I'm a Liverpool fan and I Little feel so... Christian Pulisic is not going to get Man United back to the top of the table. Not a chance. I think what Man United needs to do is uh, to be a bit clever about your recruitment. So instead of, you know, look, that, that Martinez guy who's the centre-back, Kapopi, Kapopi, how do you buy a centre-back like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. uh, I, I think they need to, for me, players like uh, Ward-Prowse, at yeah, Southampton. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good player mm. that uh, Man United should be looking at. Uh, he's going to come to United because he's already at the Southampton side. That's not playing Champions League football. Yes. He doesn't have those expectations. European He'd nights, be no. happy to go to a bigger club. To a Europa where, team. Yeah. yeah, to a Europa team. Oh my God, baby. You yeah, just call them a Europa just, yeah, team. Just, they are! <laughs> Those are the signings that I think they should be looking at. All this talk right now of them making a bid for Casemiro and all sorts. And I'm thinking, no. why would Casemiro leave Real Madrid? He's just won the World Club Championship. Yep. He's just won the Champions League. Yep. He's got every chance of winning La Liga, the Champions League again this season. And you're asking him to come and play Europa League Europa, football? No chance. Where he's going to be playing against, uh, listen, uh, grasshoppers of, of, from, from Switzerland? That is Borisov. Yeah. So they, they just need to accept where they are and plan accordingly. Yeah, 100%. They're shot, trying to shop at Harrods when they should be going out to Tesco. Yeah, I mean, news that Adrian Rabio uh, from Juventus was on the verge of collapse last night. After he wants bad. He wants money and yeah. everybody sees dollar signs when they look at Manchester United and then, of course, there's the Cristiano Ronaldo saga that continues. And speaking of Italy, however, with a Dutch flavour because uh, Dutch forward Memphis Depay, he's agreed terms on a contract with Juventus ahead of the business Move, uh, a move this transfer window. The Netherlands international signed for Barcelona ahead of the 2021-2022 La Liga season, but largely fell out of favour at the club when Xavi Hernandez uh, took over in November 2021. He just wants to play regular football, doesn't he? He does. Uh, and uh, let's not forget that there's the World Cup at the end of the year yep. uh, in Qatar. So a lot of people are, are moving, making moves that guarantee them regular football. And uh, at Barcelona as well, I think he's way down the picking order because yep. you take a look at Lewandowski is there there's even talk that Aubameyang uh, could be moving to Chelsea mm. uh, because uh, they're not necessarily guaranteed playing time if you consider now the attackers that uh, Barcelona has Dembele is in form Ansu Fati is there Rafinha yeah. is there and they're always going to pick Lewandowski as long as he's fit as a man who's playing in straight the middle, through the middle yeah, yeah 100% so uh, I think they're looking at regular football as well as a place in the World Cup speaking of Barcelona Mike they're considering a surprise move for former Tottenham defender Juan Foyth as they look to strengthen their right-back spot. The Catalan club were pursuing Chelsea captain Cesar Azpilicueta, uh, but that came to an end after the Spaniards signed a two-year extension in London, leaving Xavi's side to look elsewhere. Uh, presently, you've got, uh, what is it, Serginho Dest? Um, yeah, Serginho so, Dest, but I don't think he's trusted because yeah. uh, defensively he's poor, great going forward. Uh, he's got a bit of skill about him. Uh, and then there's also Sergio uh, as well, who mm. can play in that position. But they're looking at that position. Uh, I think the other full-back spot is covered. The centre-backs are, are, are covered. Mm-hmm. And Kunde apparently doesn't want to play as a full-back. He wants to play yeah. as a centre-back. Yeah. Uh, so they need a genuine uh, full-back 
in that position. So it would be, I think, a good addition if you consider the fact that he's going to cost, what is it, 10, 12 million pounds? Well, yeah, it's a little bit a good investment for uh, Barcelona. Barcelona side uh, that, of course, is managing its money and uh, doing some pretty, pretty slick business in the transfer market. I'll probably say, would you say that Barcelona's probably had the best transfer window? Yeah, the best, despite everyone World saying wide. that you broke. Mm. Uh, yeah. yeah, which team has uh, brought in uh, players like that? I think Chelsea has been decent, but yeah. uh, if you take a look at the numbers that Barcelona has been brought in, because mm. Chelsea brought in Koulibaly, uh, brought in Sterling, Raheem yeah. Sterling, uh, and then who was the third one again that they brought, brought in uh, Chelsea? There's some uh, uh, three decent three, signings. Uh, three signings. Uh, yeah, uh, I'll try and yeah. think of the uh, yeah. third Chelsea signing. But Barcelona has brought in some really good players, I think, that immediately turned Barcelona into challenges, especially yeah. in Spain. Uh, we'll, of course, wait to see uh, whether they will gel as a team. But just judging from the way that they finished the season, mm. uh, they nearly matched Real Madrid in terms of points yeah. uh, in the second half of the season. So they were not too far off the pace. With, of course, uh, the uh, the additions that they've made, they should close the gap even further. Uh, uh, Cucurella. That's oh, yes, yes, exactly, yes. Which was decent. Decent business. Uh, I'll probably put Tottenham in there as well. Tottenham yeah. had a very, very good, de uh, decent window as well. So uh, those teams are doing very well. Let's wrap it up by news coming out of Germany and according to a report from Sport Build, as captured by at Mia San Mia. Uh, Germany is considering shifting Bayern Munich's Jamal Musiala into the central midfield to play alongside Joshua Kimmich. If true, this would seemingly put Leon Goretzka on the bench. Discuss, Michael. Oh, I don't know, hey. Uh, I've always liked, uh, I think, uh, Leon Goretzka uh, in that position. Uh, so uh, I, talk, talk to talk to the issue around strength because I like Jamal Musiala, but he seems a bit lightweight yeah, in terms I of the strength states, so. particularly uh, I, in the Musiala. He, he, he delivers in the attacking positions, yeah. uh, you know, where he's almost playing as an auxiliary attacker. Uh -huh. uh, that's where they get the best out of him. So I don't know how he'll do, but uh, I, I certainly prefer uh, Goretzka in that position. I've just seen a message here that says Trent Alexander Arnold to Barcelona, Tinsha from Eastley. No, I don't think so. Mm -hmm. uh, Trent is a scouser. Yes. Uh, uh, he's, uh, I think, uh, one of the. Eye on the arm back. Yeah, he's 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 a <laughs> Liverpool legend. He's a local lad, yes. uh, and of course, he's one of uh, key players at at Liverpool. And so, uh, you can mention someone else. You could have said Mohamed Salah yes. uh, to Barcelona. Yes. I would have believed you before yeah. uh, you talk about Trent Alexander Arnold. Uh, he's a, he's a scouser. He's a local lad. Uh, he's loved within the community. Yes. Uh, and uh, I think he's going to be at Liverpool for a very long time. And he's a future uh, Liverpool captain. Hundred percent. Possibly the next, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I would, I would reckon. Uh, Probably the next, uh, unless some some dirty pictures surface of him. Yeah, and he's <laughs> going to leave the, the club. All right, we got to go. That's Wacky Wednesday for you. We're back tomorrow. Well, Alois is back tomorrow yep. uh, with the interview, and then uh, to on Friday we will be here with the preview show. So don't miss out. The news is next. So here we go. May God wish you the best. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Manande, out. the cleanest the clean finishes from the best on the planet the biggest sports stories Chelsea the UEFA Champions League winners of 2021 the biggest interviews that uh, such a great spectacle is ruined by such such thuggish behaviour and all the analysis right here he's the one player that has the arrogance to think that he can play in any stadium in the world and any pitch in the world in front of any player in the world and take them on every weekday it's my sport, it's your sport. It's ZFM Sport 
on ZFM Stereo. My station, your station. Hi, this is Mike Madod and you can catch me and the team for all the latest breaking news out of the world of sport, local as well as international on your favorite station. My station, your station, ZFM. We are Z Team on ZFM Sport. Z.